0: Today is ours, let's live it. And love is strong, let's give it. A song can help, let's sing it. And peace is dear, let's bring it. The past is gone, don't rue it. Our work is here, let's do it. The world is wrong, let's right it. The battle is hard, let's fight it. The road is rough, let's clear it. The future fast, don't fear it. Is faith asleep? Let's wake it. Because today is ours. Let's take it.
1: guys, it's your girl Arielle. This is episode 16 of Stay With Your Breast. We're going to jump right into this episode because I am just really tired of trying to edit this episode. To be honest with you, I am just excited for you to hear from our guest herself. Um, I will say that I'm really appreciative of you taking a listen. For those of you who have caught up on all the episodes, you're the bomb. I love you. I really appreciate it. I'm sure all of the women who um, have been featured in the podcast, really do appreciate it. Um, My energy is just a little different right now because it's been one hell of a ride trying to get this episode out to you guys, Um, having to buy new technology that I had no intention or plan on doing. Um, And it's just a transition time for me in general. You know, I've been... Deciding what's important and prioritizing things and I've realized that I really loved being an entrepreneur I love the media. I love music. I love my podcasts. I love entertainment um, news I love Art in general and I've been Feeling this uneasiness within my spirit and my current job Not that I don't like the people there that's totally not true at all. I really like the place I'm in, but I don't spiritually like the place I'm in. So I'm excited to be changing career paths, focusing on my music, focusing on this podcast and helping people in some real estate transactions. So I'm a new licensed realtor in the state of Louisiana. And that's really an exciting move for me. I'm really, really, really looking forward to that path. So I'm going to keep the podcast going. I now have a new working computer. I have um, had really no technical difficulties like this before with all of the other 15 episodes. And in this episode, I just was not able to salvage the really clear audio that I had. I tried everything And once I finally was able to access the audio files that I wanted to use, um, those files were not in order and the dates on the files somehow when they got transferred, they were all the same. So when you usually click on a button that says, you know, what date was this file modified or created, it'll put it in order. It won't do that for me. So I have hundreds, hundreds of audio clips that I have to hand sequence, which I didn't mind doing, I actually did it already, but it won't let me open that file on the new computer. And it's just, it's just a hot mess. So I'm not even gonna stress about that. I'm just very grateful that I had a backup, but the backup is just not as clear as the mic that I use. So, you know, we're gonna rock it out, gonna do the best that I can. And like I said, I just really appreciate you listening. Moving forward, I pray to God I do not have to purchase a new computer or go through these technical difficulties again. But I just thank you for listening. And I am very excited to introduce Danielle. Um, She's an amazing financial advisor, amazing author, public speaker, motivational speaker, And she has a lot of amazing information to share with you guys. So you can hear her audio. Um, It's not the, like I said, it's not my mic audio. It's the phone recording. However, it's still valuable information. And I still really appreciate you just for being present. Okay, so moving forward, hopefully we won't have these problems. But thanks for listening to at Say It With Your Breast. Make sure you follow, share, and catch up on other episodes if you haven't already. All right, let's do this. All right,
2: so we are up and rolling this is episode 16 of our podcast, "Stay With Your Press. And I'm really, really excited um, that we could start our new year not only with health, but with finance. And I have the bankable diva here to answer a bunch of my finance questions and hopefully we'll answer some of yours. So hi Danielle, how are you? I'm doing really, really well. <laughs> Good. And can you introduce yourself and maybe just um where Bankable
0: Diva got started? Oh, awesome. Okay, so um everyone does not know me by my government name, but my name is Danielle Lewis. Um, also known as the Bankable Diva on social media and in the communities and I own Bankable Diva ENT, which is a bankable consulting and coaching firm, and I also run budgeting to banking financial literacy firm, and Bankable Diva ENT kind of came from budgeting to banking financial literacy firm. I had a lot of women that would ask me questions about how to start businesses, but they didn't have the finances or the capital to do so. So what I used to do in budgeting to banking, um, I would help them figure out a budget, help them save and learn how to build generational wealth um, through financial services, life insurance, and life savings accounts. And then I would help them take control of that and learn how to build businesses. Um, So it was mainly because of what I went through. I yeah. growing and like kind of getting myself together. Um, I was married before this time, and during that time, I kind of let him take control of the finances. And when he would do that, I was kind of in the dark. So when we started to separate, I was lost. I had no clue of what to do money-wise. Um, so I went back to school. I learned all the things that I needed to learn there with finance, economics, um, even psychology because, I had a horrible mindset towards money, Mm -hmm. and I compiled a system or a program that worked for me. And then I went ahead and just taught it to other women, and it worked for them. So I was like, I might as well go ahead and start a business doing this because it seems like there are so many women that were going through the same thing I was going through.
2: That's amazing! Like really amazing that it started from you not only going through your situation but really wanting to empower yourself because. I think that's kind of the harder part is just getting started, you know. Like sometimes it just seems like finance, money, budget, all oh, intimidating.
0: How right.
2: Even begin, you know. So for you, where where did you start? Was it just, um, you know, worth, Was it increasing your hours and increasing your income, or like taking what you had and giving it up? Like, what would you say was like your number one? Um, piece of advice just at the very beginning getting started?
0: Well, the first thing I will always tell people is they have to change their mindset, Um, and that's one of the first things that I teach, mindset reprogramming. Because I, I was one of those who felt like I needed to work more hours to actually get more money, when in reality, it was completely the opposite. Like, I would work a lot of hours, and then Uncle Sam would come in and take what I worked. So it was not helping me by being there 60 hours a week. So what I did learn, um, and I went through a system, um, it was called um, a finance system, and it was teaching me how to actually get in there and not have to do as much. Or they were teaching me the deductions that people with businesses had that I didn't have the chance to use on my tax returns or for my tax purposes. Yeah. So my mindset towards money and feeling like that I had to work longer hours really changed, and that's where everything kind of changed for me because I stopped being in the employee mindset and mm-hmm. really started focusing on becoming a business owner. And I
2: think it's interesting that you say that I was um, I'm always looking for new things to read and um, I don't know. It depends. I go between like self help and sci fi. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was on my on my self improvement side, and I was like, you know, I really think that this is the year that I personally want to make sure like I am in charge of my finances. I need to know what's in my credit report. I need to know if there are mistakes. I need to know, um, you know, how to send a letter to a creditor. Send a letter to. Um, the credit bureau and like really take charge of that and so I um, was looking at books and I found one a friend of mine who's interested in some of the same things I am she sent me a book I forgot the name and one of the other recommended books that I happened to be reading was called um, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind mm-hmm. and I did not really have time to read it so I got the, um, the audio book so I could listen to it in the car and stuff like that and that was one of the things that I found to be like really um I guess an eye opening for me was that even as blunt as he is in the book about rich people think this way, poor people think this way, you know, middle class we think this way. And I was like, Okay, I need to change my thinking first.
0: Right. And you
2: know, that will then change not only my attitude towards money, it'll change my behaviors towards money. Um and I, I, I personally, and I'm going to share some of these declarations that he has. But one of the, the first ones he has is my inner world creates my outer world. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's interesting you say that too. That it is really about your mindset. Why do you think for women it seems to be a little bit more challenging to change our mindsets around money? Like, is it? Do you think that we've been a little bit programmed or accustomed to being? against two men in the in the finance world that we just don't maybe take the lead or like where do you think that comes from that sense of oh I'll just never have enough or I'll never be enough you know
0: well I would have to say um, one of the things that I always thought about and especially in my household and just in my community I used to always see um, my mom robbing Peter to pay Paul so. Mm-hmm. She was the lead, so she knew about the money in her household. And then I became conditioned to feel like, well, I don't want to be like my mom having to rob Peter to pay Paul. So I'm going to find someone who takes care of the finances and does what he needs to do. So this generation, we tend to allow other people to take control of the money because we don't want to have to do what they did. We don't want to have to be in a job 80 hours a week you know we want to still be able to live our life when in reality if we don't know about our money then someone can easily take it from us so that's my thing i felt like once i figured out that money was an energy that is not actually just about the the currency because as we know inflation wise money the paper changes it's just an energy between two people. That's why they used to use bordering. It's just an energy. So when we change our mindset to really focus on the energy of money, then it always comes to us. And if your energy towards money is negative and you're always thinking you're lacking or you're never going to have surplus, then guess what? That money is never going to flow to you. But when you start believing that money comes and wealth surrounds you, because there's wealth all around us. We can go outside and we can see u haul that's someone who's wealthy because they have multimillion-dollar companies just in our back, back, backyard. It's just that we have to feel feel that money is a good energy. And I also want to focus on that in the African-American community, in our religious background, we always were taught that money was the root of all evil.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> So not the truth. It's what you do with that money that makes you evil. Because me personally, I enjoy having money because I can do the Mm -hmm. things that I need to do (laughs) for my family. So it's not me taking my family on trips is not evil. Me taking my family here and there is not evil. It's just what you do sometimes to get that money is evil. So that's one of the other things that African Americans, especially women like ourselves, that's what we were trained and made to think that, Money's evil. You don't need to have that. So now that we know that it's not evil, it's just allowing us to be able to live the life that we want to, the energy that we receive in between those transactions is totally different.
2: I love that. And it's so, so true in terms of the energy. And I like how you said it It is an energy when you think about it. the intention behind the giving and the receiving, whether it's money, love, um, you know, anything else. It's the intention behind it. So, just like, you know, it can be a negative, um, if we're negative about it, then that makes sense that that's what we're going to get. We get right. what we're thinking. Um, and you've been an entrepreneur, I read on your um, website, and please correct me if I'm wrong,
0: for 13 years Not yes. more. Telling my age. Telling that's, my that's age. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yes.
2: No, not at all. That's that you that is something to be proud of trust me I'm I'm like a baby getting started so I'm hoping that I can reach that myself Um, but what's been surprisingly hard and what's been surprisingly easier um, being a female entrepreneur and a black female entrepreneur
0: okay Okay. so one of the things um, that's extremely hard because I always like to start with the bad stuff is having family and work life balance Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) because my mom, um, I'm an alpha female. My mom is a beta female. So even though she had the alpha female traits because she had to take care of the household, she was a beta female. But I'm an alpha female, which means I like to be in charge of everything. You know, I like to take control and stuff like that. So it's hard to have a work-life balance with kids and um a husband and making sure that your business doesn't fall because that's like your baby too. So trying to make sure that everything has a balance to it is the hardest thing for me Um, without my kids feeling like I'm never there or, you know, my business falling and failing. And I sometimes have to tell my kids, mom may have to miss this, this event because I have to be out of town to do this because you want to make sure you have food on the table and you want to do this. So they are understanding, but, you know, now it's like I was, brought up to believe that I had to always be at the school with my kids and I always had to be at every event. But now I'm starting to get into understanding that my children understand better than I think. So (laughs) it's a lot of, you know, making sure that my work life balance is, you know, in, in full circle because as African American women, We know for a fact we are always nurturers, and that's how it's always been. We take care of home. We take care of not just our home, our kids, our husband, but we sometimes have other people's kids at our houses and so on and so forth. So just being an entrepreneur, you can't do that. You can't always have 12 kids at the house, and you're babysitting while Sally and John are, you know, parlaying. Um, So that's one of the things. But one of the easiest thing I, I have to say is a lot of people feel like African American women do not collaborate mm-hmm. I have found that to be absolutely untrue now I don't know if you know it's because they feel like you're, I'm going somewhere that they're easiest to collaborate with me yeah. but you know it's it's not hard for me to find African American women to collaborate with me I have so many women I'm doing um, so many different brunches, um, a brunch and discuss where I'm going to have businesswomen talking to women um, that are in trying to get into the entrepreneurship field. And I have about six cities, and I have five, at least five women in each city that want to collaborate with me with their brand to actually put on wow. these events okay. in their city. So it's awesome, and I felt like that was the easiest thing for me is just to reach out African-American women that are in business because they know the struggles that I'm going through. I know the struggles that they're going through, and we're able to easily collaborate in order to make something happen for all of us around. So that's one of the things I felt like I had to bust that myth right open because yeah. you collaborate so easily.
2: Yeah. That right. The speech, that um, the actress that plays in uh Black Panther. Oh, it's gonna kill me I have to like go look up her name. Um it's not Lupita, um it's the one who played Lupita's counterpart in the movie. I'm gonna pull it up. Um but she just gave an amazing like her speech was amazing. And um one of the main I think it was at the Black Women in Hollywood um like meetup or forum. Not forum. It was um their dinner or their conference mm-hmm. the thing that they do. What's the name? The May Um, And that was one of the main things that she spoke about in her speech was that if there's anyone who can relate to you, it's another black woman. If there's anyone who can lift you up, there's no other person to do it like another black woman. You know, if there's anyone to check you sometimes about yourself, (laughs) it's another black woman. And so I thought, like, her speech, and I probably will put a clip of that in um in this episode because it was just so it was so amazing. But um I agree. I think that, you know, as women we just vibe we're already vi vibe- vibrationally different than men. And so when you put that power together, it's unstoppable. And I don't right. understand, you know, where that comes from exactly. I don't know if we put if we felt perpetuate that or through some of the things on social media that might perpetuate that idea of women being unable to collab and unable to get along but you know it has not been my experience either and I do think that if there are ever times when individuals don't get along I just don't keep those individuals in my circle but it doesn't right. mean I'm gonna go out of my way to you know say something negative about their name or their characters
0: just, just there's a
2: way to go about it but there are plenty of other women who are very positive, who want to uplift and
0: support other women. You know, I totally, I don't know where that comes from, but. I also, I want to say um, that I don't think that it's necessarily a group of us um, that they're pretty much focused on. It's usually one or two. And it's because they're not happy within themselves. So if they don't see where they're going, then they want to pull everybody else that can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel back where they are. So the women that can actually, even if they don't know exactly where their brand is going, but they know they have something on their hands that they can develop, they're going to latch on to other women who who can help them. But it's all about that person. Uh, and that's one of the the myths that they have about us is that we always want to just pull each other down. And that's not that's the furthest thing from the truth. We enjoy lifting each other up because if you're up there, then you can easily, if you're the nice person, then you can easily tell me what to do to help me get to that level and so on and so forth. So it's easier for us to move forward and take out everybody else if we're helping each other up.
2: Right. Do you find that um, the collaboration with women has been maybe um, part of the catalyst for you? I know that you said that is Definitely where your initial, um, like, the the initial, like, spark for the businesses came from with other women's requests for help. Do you think that's part of the, what women in general are, especially when it comes to finances, just asking for help, do you think that's a very important step that sometimes is difficult in helping us get started?
0: Yes. I think because we are those individuals that sometimes, we don't want everybody to know our business, that yeah. we're not easily helped um, because everyone else feels like we have it together that we don't want someone to help us. And I can, speaking from, a, um, from an example, when I first started, mm-hmm. and in my book, I, I clearly state this out. Like, I started and my first business failed tremendously, and I laugh about it to this day because I see where I went wrong. I didn't ask for help. I was one of those who was like, you know what, I'm going to get this done on my own. And I never reached out to anyone, and I kept seeing myself dig a deeper and deeper hole. But I was too proud to ask anyone for help. And now, being the person I am, I have like about three businesses that I'm running. And each business, I have a mentor. And each one of them, I have two african-american women mentors and then i have an african-american male mentor for one for my financial side where i teach life savings accounts and stuff like that so i have him for that but the other businesses i have women and i'm not afraid to be vulnerable because i know if i don't know it and if they don't know it then their mentors know it so i also have to think you know i always tell myself this why do i feel like i don't need a coach oprah has like three or four coaches And look where she's at. So what makes me think I'm all that and don't need a coach or someone to guide me where I need to be? So I think we definitely, definitely need to become more vulnerable because we can get out of a hole a lot faster if we have someone down there trying to lift us up than us trying to climb out of that hole by ourselves and not knowing what's at the top. Right.
2: Have some shoulders to climb on. Right. To get started. For young women, um, in terms of finances, how do you recommend we help each other?
0: I would have to say definitely have a meetup. Um, I encourage meetups where you have a professional come in and talk to you all about your finances. Um, Not being afraid to share what's going on, because I always state this, I cannot help you if I don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to say, hey, I need help with budgeting. Hey, I need help with saving. I have a discipline issue. Definitely be true to yourself. If you're not true to anything else, you have to be true to yourself about your finances because if you're not truthful saying, hey, I have an issue with shopping, I need help with at least trying to fit in my budget where I can still shop. But I'm making sure all of my other bills are taken care of. So don't also don't think that you have to work 80, 90 hours a week to make ends meet because Uncle Sam is gonna take those extra forty, fifty hours from you when he's time to tax. So one of the main things if you're not focused on just getting a true business, at least have a side hustle that you can put into your budget, your income, to increase your income. And then you can turn that side hustle into a business because side hustling is now the way to financial independence. I don't know if you all know that, but side hustling is the way to financial independence. And we've been doing it for so long, we've just been doing it wrong because we're selling to people who have the same issues we have and they're not able to continuously buy from us. So we need to make sure that we're branding ourselves correctly. We need to make sure that we're marketing to the right individuals. But our side hustle is what's going to help us become financially independent because you can pay off your debt with the side hustle money. You can actually pay off your bills completely for six months with the side hustle money. You can do so much more with your side hustle money than just the money that you're receiving from your employee because they dictate how much money you make. That's the thing. They dictate how much money you can make. Whereas your side hustle is all about you and the hustle that you have.
2: Right. And for those who are looking for, I know me personally, I I am that kid or I was that that child that was always into something. I always had a project. I always was doing something. And by the time I was, you know, and once I got to the age where I could have a little job, um, I was working multiple jobs because I just loved having my own independence, you know, and money to do what I wanted to do it. Then once I got older, I had to settle into, you know, a career, quote, unquote, and and then the side hustles have to become a little bit more unique and tailored to things that I know I'm actually going to keep up, things I'm really passionate about. For those who are really trying to find what they're passionate about to where they'll be consistent and they really will stick with whether it's a side hustle or whether it's their current job, what do you recommend for them to really find their passion because I personally have friends who have told me I would go back to school but I really don't know what I would go to school for or I know I'm not happy doing what I'm doing but I don't really know I don't think I'm into anything else but they're just unhappy doing what they're doing now
0: well um, I can definitely say um, your passion can definitely become a profit if you do it correctly um, but in order for you to find your passion i recommend doing what's called um a life map and what you do is you sit down and you draw a circle and you draw different um you ever seen like the little not pie map but um how can i say it it's it's a geo not geographical um not like geometry like Venn diagrams yes that's it okay oh, so <laughs> You would draw a Venn diagram, and you have the little circle in the middle, and that's the circle that's going to tell you what you're going to make money with. But on the outside of them, you draw the lines to the other circles, and you put everything in those circles. You can have 30 circles, but you put everything in those circles that you're passionate about or that you feel like you can do. And then you find at least five of those that you can mesh together that can make you money. So say, for instance, a hairstylist, she may love braiding, she may love doing makeup, she may love um, styling wigs, but she would take all of that together and say she doesn't know that she's going to be a hairstylist, right? She just knows that she loves braiding people's hair, she loves doing makeup, she loves doing um, styling wigs, she loves just making people feel beautiful, you know, stuff like that. And then you, you put all of those together and you know what? That's her passion. That's what she wants to be, a hairstylist. But a lot of people don't know what that is because they haven't really found out who they are on the inside. Yeah. So you have to figure out who you are. You have to know who you are on the inside before you can sit there and try and figure out what you're going to do. Because if you're going to get bored with it, then that's not something that you are truly passionate about. What you are truly passionate about, you will never get bored with it. And if you do start to get bored with it, you will be able to tweak it in some kind of way that will allow you to be able to go back to it to continue to make money. We have no idea. They have so many people. I just was talking to um, a young lady just the other day, and she was like, I need to find a a business. I need to sit here and figure out what I want to do. So I asked her, I was like, what do you do when you're at home? What do some people would pay you to do? And she was like, well, this lady asked me to come and organize her kid's closet. And I was like, so or how detailed are you? When she said that, I was like, well, how detailed are you? How do you do this? She said, if you look at my my closet, I have boxes for everything. I have everything laid. I was like, so in business, we have so many people. I'm one of those people. I cannot stay organized for nothing in the world. I would pay somebody to come in and organize my stuff. That's a business that you can start. It's just something that you are naturally talented at doing that other people are not talented at doing and you can make a business out of it
2: that's a good point and that's really good advice and um i'm going to make sure my friends who i'm talking about <laughs> this, <laughs> this episode um because i don't always know the right way to tell them you know i don't want to tell someone what i did and necessarily feel like that's the only answer but when it's coming from someone who who this is their expertise. I know that you do motivational speaking. I feel like the message is better received. You know, and I feel like people feel more like, okay, she's done it. I can do it too. You know, and that's beautiful. I love the books that you also have. Um, and everyone, make sure you check out bankablediva.com and the book and the workbook that is available. But what encourages you you have the financial success journal, you have the prices right workbook. As well as the business source guide, was it was it hard doing all these books? That's a lot. And um, you know what what made you want to make put all of this into books for other people?
0: Well, because um, I do coaching and consulting on the side, and a lot of people sometimes feel like it's expensive. Well, the information that I do have and that I would teach people, because some people you have to tell them what to do in order for them to get it done. But you have some people who are hands-on and they can figure it out themselves. So I felt like I needed to put all of the information that I would generally teach inside of the book. And I feel like the trio, because that's what I call it, the the business trio, um, it helps you from start to finish. Now, I had a lot of people, when I said about budgeting to banking, they would come in. they would talk to me about their budgeting. They had mindset issues. They felt like they weren't worthy of money. That's what the Financial Success Journal does. It it has um, a 30-day layout, and you figure out your budget. Not only that, but you read books, and you write down your aha moments from those books. I have pages where you write down your affirmations that you're going to say to yourself two times each day and just kind of speak wealth into your life, surplus, you know, and then you write down your victory note. What did you do? And it could be something as small as I went into Walmart and I didn't buy the $10 item that I really kept looking at, but I felt so good about myself because now I can put those $10 into my savings account. It's just small things that you write in there that show victory notes, and it shows you that if I did this one small thing, I can do the next thing. And then that one book leads to the business um, source, which is the guide for the new woman. And if you're able to save your money and you know that you have a passion and that you want to turn it into a business, well, the business source teaches you how to do that. It takes you from idea up until branding. So you walk through the steps. I teach you about registering your business, and it's not just for Louisiana. Um, I have all the states that you can register your business through. It teaches you about insurance for your business, how to brand yourself, how to research your industry, your competition. It teaches you all of that in that one book. And then after you figured out starting your business – Now, the next thing is that a lot of women business owners have is that we don't price ourselves correctly. So we're wondering why, and this is a statistic that I always love to start with, there are 539,000 businesses started each month. And I'm not saying six months, a year, but it's each month. And out of those, 219,000 are started by women. So that's kudos because we start a lot of businesses. But this is where it shocks me. Because out of those 219,000 women that are starting businesses that are being started, Mm -hmm. 80% of those are failing in 18
2: months.
0: 80%. Eight out of 10 of those businesses are being shut down in 18 months. They don't even make it to the two-year mark. And it's not that they're not creative enough. It's not that they don't have the talent. It's not that they don't research it. One of the main reasons is that we don't price ourselves correctly. We price ourselves out of business. Honestly, we do, and because we don't feel like we're worthy, we don't feel like someone will buy it from us. You have no idea. People buy those dresses from China, and they come back and they sell them to us for sixty and seventy bucks when you can buy from China for five dollars. Right. So you have to know your market, and that's all it starts with. You have to know who you're selling to. So. You have to know the pricing, and that's what the pricing, the Prices Right Workbook does. It teaches you the two different methods that you can price yourself. You can either use the cost-value method, where it's based on you being extremely unique, or you can use the expense method, where it teaches you how to break down everything that you've purchased and how to price yourself based on that so you're making a profit and not just making what you spent on it. So those three books go hand in hand, and I know some people like to buy them separately. But one, you get them cheaper when you buy them all together.
2: Yes. But
0: you also learn how to go from I'm just learning how to budget myself. Then I'm starting a business, and I'm going to price myself, and I'm getting ready to write another one. Um, hey. the, yes, the branding, <laughs> the branding cookbook, where I am going to talk to. You know, different women about how they learn how to brand, but I'm giving you the ingredients on a successful brand. So that's what I'm getting ready to do. But I feel like the information that I've been talking and preaching about, I just put it in those books so that if you feel like you don't want to work one on one with me, that's totally fine. I just still want you to have the information to become successful. And then usually they all do come back and, you know, try to work with me because they have so many other questions. That are flowing uh-huh. through their brains. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. And I really want to, uh, I'm going to, if it's okay with you, I have a, a section on, on the podcast website where I have books that is either come up in conversation through the podcast, the books that um, some of the um, guests have written. Would you mind if I post your books there, too?
0: Because I would love
2: oh, to put that there.
0: No problem. Have at it. <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> i think that'd be Okay. <laughs> Um, but no, I love that. And with the book came a book tour right did, did yes. you put on did you do all of this the uh, logistics yourself, or how um, did, how did the pieces come together for the tour?
0: Oh no, so I have an amazing book tour manager, Ms. Kim um she is she actually helps me set up everything. um I had the New Orleans event yesterday um at the community book center which is off of Bayou Road out there in the seventh ward. Um and my book will be in sold in the stores there also. Um but Miss Kim, she is the owner of Between the Lines bookstore and she sets up everything. So she's setting up my Atlanta one, Jackson and so on and so forth. But no I couldn't I couldn't do this without her. Like she literally had to talk me off the ledge yesterday. It's like, <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. It. Just like, you're going to do it. Regardless if you feel like it or not, you're going to do it. Yeah. So without her, honestly, Kim Knight, she um she is like the best person if you're thinking about writing a book and you have no idea where to go the next step with, she's someone that you definitely, definitely need to talk to.
2: That's amazing. I, um, I've had writing a book on my bucket list for a long time. Nowhere near uh, self-help um for adults i i cannot i'm working on helping myself still (laughs) yeah i work with kids and i've been wanting to do a kid's book for a while and i finally started working on it um i had the layout of kind of where i wanted the story to go last week and then this week i've actually started working on it and that's totally you know i don't know where it's going to go or or what's going to happen. But I'll, I'll definitely be reaching out to you for some coaching and some <laughs> advice. That's awesome. Uh, maybe once I get a, a little bit further along. But that's amazing. So what's the next city?
0: Well, I'll be in Atlanta on the 22nd, which is this Thursday coming. Um, okay. And then following that, I'm going to take a break from the book tour because I'll start back up in May. But in April, I'll be doing some small, like, sign and dimes. So in different – will probably coming to Lafayette. Um, just to come to a restaurant and sit around and um, and eat and just discuss the book and, you know, kind of just talk amongst us and network and stuff like that?
2: Oh, my gosh. Well, I have to make sure I keep my eye open for that so me and my mom can come to the Lafayette, um event because she's, oh, my God, that lady's booked way more than I ever am or ever will be. <laughs> but she loves to do, like, anything, women empowerment, anything, uh-huh. um, conference, like anything. So I would definitely take her into that, um, but i got to make sure I keep up with you. And, like, where can people follow you on social media, too?
0: Okay, so on Instagram, you can find me at bankable, B-A-N-K-A-B-L-E, underscore diva. And on Facebook is at bankable divas with an S. And then on Twitter is at bankable diva, no S. No S.
2: Okay, so I got that, and I will post that everywhere, too. Yes. So before before you go, because everything, I mean, I love this um, conversation that we're having, and I can't wait for everyone to hear this, um, but I want to get a little bit of your relationship slash financial advice as well, um, mm-hmm. just not necessarily just only based on your experience yourself, but also based on some of you know the stories that I'm sure you, you've heard from other young women that you're coaching where did, What do you think is a healthy balance for young women um, in relationships when it comes to finances? You know, a lot of times, uh, should we have an account for, for both of us? Should we have just a, an account for our our joint, you know, things that we're working on? Should we just keep things separate? Um, what do you kind of recommend?
0: Well, I definitely recommend you always having your own account. Mm-hmm. Um However, each one of you all should have your own separate account. And then you have one account that you pay bills out of together. Um, so the bill money would go into the joint account, and then you all have your own separate account. And I'm not – because I'm not saying that relationships should never last, but how sometimes relationships do tend to break up. And during that time, you don't want to have to fight over the money if it's in one account and then, you know, he may have control over the account and you may not be, or you may have control over the account and then you're going through all the legal stuff and all of that. So my suggestion and from personal experience and from talking to other women is that it's always best to have your account, he has his account, and then you have one account together that you pay the bills out of. And that way, when you are budgeting You're budgeting based on that account, but you all set an amount that you put in that account together. Regardless if he pays 80% of the bills and you only pay 20, you all set a set amount that each person puts in that account and help grow that account. Because when it's time for you to purchase a home together or, you know, a larger ticketed item, that account is what's going to be the focus point. So make sure that you are adding to that account Always, and don't be stingy, ladies, because I know <laughs> how we like to be don't stingy, be stingy.
2: <laughs>
0: and we will give him, you know, 10% of, like, we're paying tithes, and we put 10% in that account. Right. It depends, it's ask. It
2: Why, <laughs> you? right,
0: so don't be stingy, put, you know, funds in there, because not only that, but when you're adding money in there, you also have a say-so. So he doesn't necessarily get to say everything that happens with the home. Ah, yes. So Good you point. put put in there also because now y'all are, you know, you 50-50. Or I would like to say 100-100 because we want to make yeah. sure that everybody is doing what they're supposed to. So definitely do that, um, have that account. Because when it's time to purchase that home or that next ticketed, big ticketed item, you're going to be focused on that one account right there. Makes sense. Thank
2: you for that. So, Anna, before you go, I do want to know from you, um, what are some of the, the mantras that you have for yourself? Like, what keeps you going? What keeps you motivated um, when it gets hard or exhausting? What do you say to yourself?
0: Well, um, when I first started out, I knew nothing about affirmation. Um, mm-hmm. But I just knew that I couldn't let my keep a picture of my account when I first left my ex-husband. And it had, and I had three accounts. One had one cent, one had 65 cent, and the other had $5.75. And I would always tell myself, this will never happen again. This will never happen again. Um, So that was one of the things that I always focused on because I didn't really know about affirmations. And being in a Baptist church, a small Southern Baptist church at that, I was always taught, you know, something happens to you because you've done wrong. So once I changed my mindset and started speaking life over my situation, things started to happen and turn around for me. So now what I do is I speak life daily or I listen to Les Brown and um, allow him to just kind of, you know, get into my head that I'm worthy, that I deserve the life that I'm living, that it will continue to come to me as long as I put out the good energy. Um, So I speak wealth over everything. Um, I pray daily over my business, and it's been increasing. Um, So that's one of the things. If you speak positivity over your life and over your business, things will start to change. And even if it doesn't change right there at the, the click of the dime or, you know, right in front of your eyes, you begin to change on the inside. So you're not just looking at your circumstances as, you know. This is bad because I'm doing horrible things. No, when you put good out there, good is going to automatically come to you. It may not come right when you want it, but it's going to come to you. So now my main focus, my daughter, we were sitting down, we were talking, my youngest daughter, because I have three kids, 13, 10, and 7. And my youngest daughter, we were talking about, you know, what they wanted to be when they grow up. And my son was saying he wanted to be um, a rocket scientist, and my do- no, engineer. And my daughter said, my oldest daughter was like, she wants to be a lawyer. And my youngest daughter was telling me, I want to run your business. I was like, Uh (laughs) okay, okay. So you want to be a a businesswoman? She said, no, Mama, I want to run your business. I was like, okay, so now Mama has to make sure that you have a business to run when you get older. So (laughs) that's really my motivation now when I feel like things are not going the way that I want them to go. I take a step back, look at it, and figure it out because I have to have a business here for her to run. She's already put it in the atmosphere. She has right. already told me what she wanted to do. I can't let her down. So
2: right.
0: <laughs> that's my motivation. That's what keeps me moving. You
2: know, I said um I, I, I said, to piggyback off of that, for a young mom, what do you tell them in terms of getting them? Their, their kids financially set up. You know, I know JV just put out 444, and he talks about financial literacy for Blue, and that had a lot of people buzzing and talking like, whoa, he's right. We we, we don't think in those terms usually in the black community about setting our kids up. What would you say is, like, one of the most important things that parents can do? I know kids still have to be ready. You know, mm-hmm. kids still have to be um responsible in their own right. But what do you think parents can do? Because I know I want to make sure that I'm doing what I can. I don't have kids yet, but I want to make sure that whatever I do, if they're ready, they're they're set up. Because I see that in the white community. I see that in sometimes even like the Indian community where their kids, they go to school, even if they don't go to school, they have something set up and they're ready to go, you know?
0: Okay. So one of the things I can definitely talk talk to you about is um, life savings account. Um, if you're in Louisiana, I can definitely help you with that. Um, but if, what it's called, I like to talk about the million dollar baby and what the million dollar baby is, is when they get to be 65, they will have mil, a million dollars at least in an account saved up for them. And how they do that is through a life savings account. You would put in maybe a hundred dollars and we talk about index. Now, it's because I can get real deep about it, but we have. <laughs> you have to read
2: the book, so don't tell to
0: tonight. <laughs> right, so we can talk about the index, um, where it's based off of the stock market. However, as the stock market goes up and down, the index, universal life policies, or insurance policies, they stay at a plateau. So you never lose money. You're always gaining money. And when you're putting the money into the account, When they get to be 21 years old, you have money that's set aside, that has cash value for them, and it's not a whole life policy because I know a lot of people tell you, get a girl policy. It has whole whole life benefits. This policy is totally different, and Caucasians have been using this, Asians have been using this for years. They just never told us about it. Mm -hmm. And what it does is it moves up and down based on the stock market, but it never goes down. It plateaus when the stock market crashes. So when the child becomes twenty one or twenty five, there's cash value for them to go to college. When they become thirty, they have money set aside for them for them to take out cash value for them to purchase a home. When they get to be sixty five and they're ready to retire, the policy is now worth almost one point seven million dollars.
2: Wow!
0: Even if they pass, if they become deceased within the next ten years, they are still leaving minimum. Five hundred and thirty thousand dollars for their family. So even after you've taken care of all of their, you know, caskets and everything for them, burial, everything, right. there's still money left over for the family. So that's what I always want to teach: generational wealth. Don't just think about yourself. And even if you don't want to talk about death, because in our community we don't like to talk about it, but we have lit this. It has living benefits. So say, for instance, everyone is now you know, having cancer or, you know, they have strokes. Well, these policies have living benefits. So you wonder why a Caucasian family never goes broke when someone has cancer or they never go broke when someone has a stroke and they can't work anymore. These policies have all of those benefits in them. Wow. So that's how, and we just never knew about it. So, you know, that's my main focus. That's I really want people to focus on becoming the million dollar baby. Because we don't have families, we don't have parents that can hand us thirty, forty thousand dollars right off from the start for us to get started. So our main thing that we need to do is we need to take advantage of the life savings account that we have that we can pay for ourselves and start breaking the chains of poverty that that's laying over us. And we can do that. It's Simple. We spend a hundred dollars sometimes in a day, and you can spend a hundred dollars to make sure your family per month, make sure your family is taken care of.
2: Yeah. Wow. Well, we're gonna we're gonna leave people with that one because that to me is just I'm about to go research a whole bunch of things. And what I do want to do, everyone um, that's listening, I'm gonna add on my website um, a subscribe button. And for those of you who subscribe, I'm subscribe. I'm gonna pull a name. And gives you with a set of the the I'm gonna I'm gonna say the whole trio.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that could be the name.
2: <laughs> the business,
0: <laughs> yes,
2: the business breakthrough trio. So make sure you go to the website. Um, and I'm gonna put that once the episode airs, so it'll be up once if you're listening now, it's up there. Um, for the month of I guess we'll do for a month, and then I'll pick names in April and I'll purchase it and send it to you myself. And I would have never purchased one for myself um, because I really think that this is the the start, like you said, when we change our mindset, we we get ourselves prepared for, you know, the things that we're passionate about Mm -hmm. and set ourselves up and our families up for the future. I can't imagine anything better to do with your year for those of you who are looking to, you know, just do a little bit of self-improvement. Why not start start there? So thank you so so much. I really appreciate your time. I knew I I I tried to not hold you as long as I I know it's okay. Um, (laughs) but just kind of worked out that way. But thank you so so much. And um, any other things coming up that you want to share?
0: Um, definitely definitely um keep an eye out or follow me on social media for the sign and dines. I am going to be doing brunch and discuss. So if you are a female that is looking to change your life by getting involved with individuals who are experts in their industry or have so much of knowledge that they can share with you and have good food and want to sit down and just chat, then you definitely want to be at the Brunch and Discuss. Um, It's going to be in New Orleans, um, in Houston, Dallas, Atlanta, and Birmingham. Those are the five right now, and I'm looking at other cities. But we are going to be getting that started coming up in May. So pay attention to the social media sites because that's where I'm going to be posting them and on Eventbrite.
2: Oh yeah, Eventbrite. I'm on Eventbrite. <laughs> so thank you so, so, so much again. I cannot um I don't know anyone better to to be able to have this conversation with and I hope that everyone listening will please share this episode with your friends and family, um and get book check her out make sure you follow um, the bankable diva